I remember I was asleep. I'd be tired. <laughs> so I was asleep. And I woke up, and I'm like, all these messages and calls. And they're like, who posted this? I'm like, oh, my God. I, I got to go, go, go buy more food now, though. I buy a bunch of fish. It was not enough fish. I think we went through 150, 170 pounds of fish in like Ooh. a couple hours. Like, you know what I mean? Um, Scrambling. It was crazy. I was like, never again. Welcome to Beyond the Skyline, Black Excellence in Dallas-Fort Worth Commerce where we delve into the vibrant tapestry of Black-owned businesses shaping the economic landscape of our community. I am your host, Leslie D. Thompson, and together we embark on a journey to discover the stories, triumphs, and innovations driving entrepreneurship in the heart of North Texas. Join us as we celebrate the resilience, creativity, and success of these trailblazing entrepreneurs and explore the rich cultural heritage that fuels their endeavors. A podcast where every episode is an ode to Black excellence. Visit us online at dallasfortworthblackowned.com and follow us on social media at dallasfortworthblackowned. Now sit back, settle in, and savor the scenery beyond the skyline. Do you struggle to keep up with the demands of managing your social media presence? Do you wish you could spend more time focusing on your business or passion rather than worrying about posting schedules and engagement? Well, the Essential Services has your solution to stress-free social media management. You can finally reclaim your time and energy while confidently growing your online presence. Specializing in crafting engaging content, strategizing effective campaigns, and building meaningful connections with your audience across major platforms. Whether you're a small business owner, an influencer, or an organization looking to expand your digital footprint, the Essential Services has the tools and expertise to help you thrive in the online world. Say goodbye to overwhelm of managing multiple social media accounts. Say hello to the Essential Services, your trusted partner in social media success. Contact us today at theessentialservices.com to learn more about our customizable packages and start your journey towards effortless social media management. Now, I hope you enjoy today's show. Hey, hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are enjoying the content we are bringing to this platform. I want to take a minute to thank you for being a listener. I hope you're finding benefit from hearing the stories of the different business owners and what they have to offer. I would like to ask you to share this information. I know all the things that they are sharing with us is going to bring benefit to people who are who are existing business owners and also those who are aspiring business owners and then even for customers just hearing the backstory of how they got started and why they even do what they do as a listener you can help the show out so much by following the podcast on Spotify Apple Music, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
This will help us with getting more exposure to these deserving black businesses and to the community leaders who come on the show. Well, today and even for the next two episodes, you are in for a special treat. You may have heard about the Keith Lee effect. Well, two local black food providers are some of the latest to benefit from the effect felt when this renowned food critic makes a visit, has a good experience, and shouts them out to the world. Well, today's guest is the owner of Brunchaholics located in DeSoto, Texas. During this interview, you will gain insight on his beginnings, challenges he's faced, the amazing dishes he offers, and of course his experience when Keith Lee paid him a visit. Jesse, welcome to Beyond the Skyline. Thank you, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, doing really great. How about yourself? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Just trying to relax a little bit on my day off. Yes. <laughs> That's so important to have those times where you relax before you get back into the busy week. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here at the beginning, I want to allow you to tell our listeners about yourself and how long you've been in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and maybe some things you find interesting about DFW, some favorite things you enjoy doing in the Metroplex. Of course. Uh, I moved here, I think, by fall 2016, so coming up on eight years of living here. I'm originally from Houston for the most part. But, uh, I had a military dad, so I, m- I moved around a lot growing up. But I lived in Houston the majority of my life. And mm-hmm. after graduating college, I was just working a lot of jobs. And I just needed something new. I had a lot of friends in Dallas that I went to college with. Had a lot of family out here. My mom's from Dallas. So I mm-hmm. just kind of just, I got a job out here and just moved. And it was just like, hey, let me see what it's like. Okay. And, uh, so far, so good, obviously. So. <laughs> yes, yes. What uh, part of Houston? Missouri City. Okay. So outside of Houston, basically. But yeah, that's where I grew up mostly. Gotcha. Yeah, I had several friends that I met in college that were from Mo City. It's a great place. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, well, continue on. Tell us some things you find interesting about DFW and favorite things to do here in the Metroplex. I know for one, when I first moved here, I was really caught off guard by how hard it was to get to a gas station off that highway. Uh, <laughs> I, okay. I know in relation to Houston, like there's a gas station every exit. I remember when I first moved here, I was like low on gas. I was panicking. It's like you exit, <laughs> and then you still gotta drive like two, three miles down the street just to find a, a quick trip or something. I'm like, yo, what's okay. going on here? Right. <laughs> but I'm used to it now. You know what I mean? Yes. I've never run out of gas this much in my life, but it's all good. <laughs> we, we, we move. Survival so. taught you some survival exactly. skills. <laughs> yeah, a little. You gotta be a little more proactive with that gas for me. But as far as Things I like to do in Dallas. Before my business took off, I really liked to go brunching. And that was back when you could do bottomless mimosas before TABC started tripping. Mm-hmm. I used to be with my friends, used to always do that. But to be honest, man, anytime I'm just kicking in with my friends, I'm good. Um, one thing I do like about Dallas, I guess in comparison to Houston, is a good and bad is like the zoning, because Houston doesn't have zoning, so stuff's everywhere. But in Dallas, it, it can be a con sometimes because you gotta drive to a certain part to get to a Home Depot or Walmart or something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to Houston, it's just everywhere. But I also like it too because it's a lot more structured. Oh. People 
in Dallas, they don't really have to leave their community for much. So mm. I think that's pretty dope. Even though I live in the city, that's a little different for me. But And mm. I think the amount of highways Dallas has is very beneficial. They 75 and 635 traffic is horrible. But at the same time, there's multiple ways to get other places. I like that as well. And just really just how spread out DFW is. I, I hear a lot of people say, oh, Dallas is so small. I see the same people. But I feel like it's because you go to the same places and do the same things. Like, they have the star. They have that area in Las Colinas, you know what I mean? They have mm-hmm. Arlington, they have, it's all different ways and different places you can go. I just think a lot of people just gotta, especially people from here, it's weird to me, but like, they just gotta explore a little bit. Deep element is the end all be. Yes, that's so true because being from Dallas, so I'm from Dallas, grew up in Oak Cliff and have lived on the south side of Dallas for most of my life, most of my time here. I spent some time living in Carrollton and Frisco for a little bit but came back on this side of town because this is where my family was and is. And it definitely does have a different feel on this side of mm-hmm. town, but I enjoyed my time, you know, out on the North side, but I do agree that there can be certain, I guess it's common when you live in a certain area or part of this Metroplex, you do just get used to going to your favorite places, what's comfortable, mm-hmm. where you don't have to drive as far. Wow. When I lived in Frisco, if I had an event or even after I had my first baby and my and would invite my family out to come and spend time with us, they'd just be like, oh my God, you live so far away. <laughs> uh, because it took probably an hour to get out to that area from Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Oak Cliff area, but as more things have been built and more entertainment opportunities and just more cultural experiences that are available in different parts of the Metroplex, I do see that more people are, are taking advantage of that and going out to see what Collin County has to offer, what Denton County has to offer, and uh, the different brunch spots, and now the, the new Black restaurants and experiences and things like that that are available. Right. So excited about that. But you will still have those people who are like, no, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here <laughs> within my little 20-mile 20, 20 radius. Yeah, my 20-minute radius. If it's not, mm-hmm. you know, if it's more than 20 minutes, most people are not going. But I, I get it, too, especially with traffic. And yes. People in Dallas drive crazy. So. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, definitely a thing. <laughs> I've never so, been raced to a red light before. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So do you find that's different from Houston or do you think that's a Texas thing versus uh, other I other states? I, I don't know. So like in, in Houston, like the regular street driving mm-hmm. is whatever, right? Or Houston roads are messed up, it's potholes below. That is what it is. But in on Houston highways, like you, you gotta fight for your life to get over it. You know what I mean? So it's just a difference. And then just in Dallas, I know it's just like on regular street driving, day-to-day driving. I've never seen so many aggressive drivers that stop signs and red lights. You mm. cut me off, so you're, and you're just right in front of me. We're both at the same light. What was yeah, the point? Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's, like, the first thing. I know I'm used to it now. I'm used to it now, but it was just funny. When I first moved, I was like, well, these people are crazy. It comes with it, but overall, I, d- I definitely like Dallas. If I didn't, I still wouldn't be here, and it's been mm. very beneficial for my business. Yes, uh, yes. My, my plan was to come out here get a new job, make some money, see if I could do some catering and see how my food stuff would go and it worked. Yes, so I'm thankful and obviously. I'm happy and I'm appreciative for Dallas. So when you came to the area, what made you choose the South, the Southern sector, DeSoto? So 
when I first started at the farmer's market, it was just, I was just testing it out, to be honest. And it took off. And once the farmer's market closed, I was doing pop-ups. I did a cookbook. It was COVID. That's why they wouldn't let us back. And then they were like, oh, if you come back, you have to make everything pre-prepared. You know what I'm saying? Pre-made. And I, I don't want to serve my food like that. So mm -hmm. that's why I started doing a lot of pop-ups and like Deep Element, Pop-Up DFW and, and other places. And then I went to Soiree for a little bit. And then at that point, I had saved up enough money to get my own restaurant. So we got one up for Ross. And then we ran into some issues with the owner there. And then so we closed that location down. And when I was searching for other places, I was like, man, for what I wanted, what I'm doing with Brunswick I think I'd rather have a pickup in Sebel instead of a dining because the dining is cool, but I felt I was trying to do like different specials and different things. And people just was like so fixated on chicken and waffles or burrito or whatever. And I'm mm. like, okay, cool. That's what y'all want. That's what y'all going to get. But I'm mm. not going to spend all these extra resources and time and money on giving you a full dining experience. So that's why I switched to the to-go model. And my, my aunt actually lives down the street from the place that we are in DeSoto. So I, as a kid, I, when we come visit, I always drove past that. It was a way to go catfish. I remember where Aunt Irene's is at now. It used to be a, a donut shop that we used to go to all the time as kids. When I was looking online, I was like, oh, is this what I think it is? And it rents a great price. I know it gets a lot of traffic. DeSoto is a very big black city. So I just figured, hey, why not? You know what I mean? We go down here and make something show. Yeah, yeah. Very smart move. Very smart move. And what you said is so true about DeSoto being a, a black city. So when I was growing up, I graduated high school in 1990. And in the 80s, most of the people that I knew and went to church with and you know, my, my cousins and family were all concentrated in Oak Cliff. And then as just a, a lot of people had of other races had moved out of Oak Cliff and started moving south into DeSoto and Cedar Hill and the southern suburbs. And but over time now it's almost like the Cedar Hills and DeSotos are more so what Oak Cliff was to us when we were growing up. And when I think about those suburbs with DeSoto being a large concentration of uh, the black population in, in the, the southern sector of Dallas, I agree. It's just, it's a huge opportunity and a great resource for people in the community to find things, whether it's art or sports or food or whatever it is in that particular city. So I definitely agree. It's a very smart move. And we are super proud of all the things. And there's challenges, of course. But just really proud of all the things that have come out of DeSoto and the growth and just wish more growth in the city, in the area. And I have not been to your your restaurant yet, but definitely looking forward to it, especially because of all the recent exposure you've gotten. <laughs> but, uh, yes, it's been great. Yeah, before we get more into your business, I want to back up a little bit and talk about the Metroplex because on um, Beyond the Skyline, we are highlighting the Metroplex and just letting people know more about what we have to offer in the Metroplex because some listeners will be uh, listening to the podcast who live outside of our area. And so I have something fun that I ask our guests on the show just to get to know you and your thoughts and your preferences about um, things to do in the area. So don't overthink it. I'm going to ask you okay. this or this or that, what your preference is, what you like better for these aspects of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, okay? Uh, no problem. Let's get All it. right. Six Flags or State Fair? 
I'm gonna go with State Fair. State Fair, okay. Yeah. Deep Ellum or Bishop Arts District? A few years ago, Deep Ellum. Right now, definitely Bishop Arts. Bishop Arts, okay. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys or Dallas Mavericks? Not neither. <laughs> no, neither. Okay, any sports at all? Any local sport? Uh, any local sport? I'll, I'll rock with the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars. Okay. Is that because of your Houston? Is it because of your Houston roots? Some of it. And okay. I'm just not a. I'm not a fan of either team. I appreciate them. I see them. I live here. Yeah. Yes. I'm not no. I'm not a biased. Right. I ain't a hater. Let me rephrase. I'm not a hater <laughs> per se. People do be talking crazy, so you got to match your energy. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just not a. I'm just never. I just never was a fan of. My dad's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Okay. I'm okay. Just, I'm just not a. He's not a fan. It really has nothing to do with him. It's just as a kid, I grew up in the 90s, I was born in like 89. So, you know, I was outside playing, so I didn't care to be watching sports when I was a kid. I was outside playing, so those mm-hmm. Cowboys championships don't mean nothing to me. So, <laughs> when I started watching sports, I was like, they suck. Why would I be a fan of this no, team? You know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> I totally get that. I totally get that because my boys, I have two, two sons and three daughters, and they have know nothing about that whole era in the 90s and so they look at us and my dad because he's a huge Cowboys fan they're like why are y'all so excited about this team (laughs) (laughs) oh man but that's okay that's authentic that's honest all right two more Fort Worth Stockyards or Fort Worth Arts District I've never been to neither. I think, actually, I think I have been to the Fort Worth Arts District when they mm-hmm. have that. Man, what's that do? Is it cause? Yeah, when they have that cause display. Man, that was when I mm-hmm. first knew the Dallas. So I'm going to okay. go with the, the, art, with the Fort Worth Arts District. I've never been to the Stockyards. Okay, okay. Funny, I've only been to the Stockyards once, and that was last year, and I've been here all my life. <laughs> but it's definitely <laughs> an in- interesting part of the Metroplex. I encourage you to put that on your list to go and check it out sometime. All yep. right, last one. K-104 or k K-104 or what? K-104 or k which is 105.7 FM. Oh, we're going to go with K-104. I remember as a kid coming and visit, my aunt always had K-104 on. And we didn't want a couple of things from there, so I'm going to rock with K-104. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's one of the best known stations mm-hmm. in the area as well okay thank you yeah. thank you for sharing and i think i was yeah definitely and i think i'm like a few years ago i went on it's, it's dd in the morning right i went mm-hmm. on there with the burritos mm-hmm. so yeah definitely rock on k104 those are good people her and jay and everybody yes else. gotcha gotcha okay awesome so now back to your business what inspired you to start your own business how did you to get out there what was the beginnings man i just really hated working for other people like (laughs) it wasn't fulfilling I felt like I was really good at every job I've ever had but because of enterprise systems and things of that nature they try to keep you in a certain space and Mm -hmm. for me I'm always striving for more I always want more I always want to be the best and if Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing that I'm being treated like it then I'll leave so I've been fired a bunch of times from jobs I've quit I had a military dad, so like people talking to me crazy and don't really work with me. Yeah. I've been dealing with that my whole life. And so, yeah, that's not really going to work. I just got tired of it. And when I finally got my confidence up in my cooking skills and had my confidence stepped out there, that's what I did. And it took off. And it's funny because I was working at a state farm at the time. And I was basically not going to work because I was doing stuff at the farmer's market. And then basically I got fired. And mm. uh, but I didn't. We turned up after that, so life right. worked out. But yeah, it just wasn't, I just wasn't never really appealed from those type of things. I wasn't getting what I wanted out of them. And my thing is, if I'm going to make 
less than what I want to make. And let, at least let it be on my own accord. At least let it be on the effort I'm putting in, not mm-hmm. on the effort that someone else feels I'm putting in. You know, and it's right. because I've been here for 20 years. So you mentioned farmers market a couple of times. So tell us about that that season because you that was something that you were doing initially before you decided to actually launch full on your business and do that full time. Tell us about that that approach that you had and what you were doing at the farmer's market and then how you transitioned out of that to Brunchaholics full-time. So basically, like I said, I moved here like fall 2016. I was working, was doing like injury claims at State Farm, easy claims. And I had a, I was, I was still doing caterings and private dinners and stuff on the side. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bams Vegan, but he grew up with a lot of people I went to college with. So okay. me and, and him, you know, was that? I went to Texas Tech. Okay. Uh, in Lubbock, mm-hmm. West Texas. Yeah, we he grew up with a lot of people I went to school with, and we would always end up in the same circles after I moved here, and he was, like, doing his thing with his vegan pop-ups and everything, and so he was telling me, like, hey, I'm about to apply at the farmer's market. You should, too. They don't really have nothing out there like we have. Like, you should check it out. I'm, I'm applying next week. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I was like, send me the info. I'll check it out. So he sent it to me. He had got in. He was telling me how to, how everything was going. So I was like, all right, I'll fill it out. We'll see. I got accepted. And then it was just crazy. I had already been posting stuff on, like, my bunch of hearts Instagram, but it wasn't really getting, you know, no real traction, to be honest. I remember mm-hmm. getting 40, 50 likes on some stuff that I put hours mm-hmm. to. But, mm-hmm. and, but it was all for fun. And after... I remember when I did the, the soaking burrito, I just made it because I was just craving something like that. And I was like, let me see if this can go by. <laughs> okay. And so I posted that up. And when I was at the market, like every week people would come and was like, hey, you got that soul food wrap? You got that catfish wrap? <laughs> people, people don't read, but it's all good. So they make up their own names. So they, mm-hmm. they kept asking. I was like, nah, I just made that for fun. I just made that for Instagram. He's like, man, I drove out here for that, man. He's like, you need to sell that. You need to sell that. <laughs> and I just kept getting comments like that. So I was like, all right, man, let me sell it one weekend. I posted I was going to be selling it. And man, it just went crazy. Mm. Something I just made up BSing in the kitchen, and then people are losing their mind. And then after that, it went to I think it was in Dallas Observer, and then Food Network saw the Dallas Observer post, and then they put mm. me in one of their article write ups, and then mm-hmm. it just kept growing and growing. And so then mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, I might have something here. And yeah. uh, it was funny because I used to not even care to sell it. That's why I didn't sell it all the time because I was like, if it's so hype, let me sell it every once in a while because if you give people everything all at once, they get tired of it. You have to make yeah. them go to it and want it. Mm-hmm. So you got to play the game. It's called scarcity market. And yeah. a lot of people don't take advantage. It's the same thing they do with Jordans. You know what millions of people want these shoes, but you're only selling 100. And so people are going to be known. You're going to get negative promise. Hey, sold up. But that want, that angst, and that fear of missing out is always going to reign supreme. So those people still going to come back. Definitely. Definitely. So you mentioned before Farmer's Market, you were doing catering. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so catering is something that you started on the side while you were working State Farm and doing other jobs. So I'm getting all into your history. Okay. So <laughs> what even made you want to get into catering and your, how did you get into this love of preparing food, cooking and things like that? I just come from a, a big family. Each of my parents, they're one of eight, one of seven. So I have mm-hmm. a plus cousins. Okay. And um, a bunch of aunts and uncles. So when growing up, when we have Thanksgiving or Christmas or birthday parties, it's like a ton of people at the house. So I just grew up being used to cooking for, for, for big groups and entertaining and things of that nature. And now, so, so who taught you? Who taught you how to cook? My mom and dad can cook. My, my sister and brother can cook. 
my grandma's cook is her greens recipe that I use that people <laughs> love so much. And it's funny because she didn't actually even teach me. She taught my sister and then my sister taught me. Okay. Um, okay. Where are you so, in the mix? Where are you in the mix? Like where are you, is it, are, do you have several siblings as well? I have a younger brother and an older sister. So. Okay. Are you okay? Middle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My sister lives here. My dad, my brother lives in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, it's just three of us, but she's the only one with kids. Okay. Uh, one kid. Yeah. And uh, it just came from that, and I just remember my dad's a super grill master. Like, he, he didn't smoke anything. He, he grills <laughs> all the time. We used to always grow up having fish fries, and so that's why the soap oh, is fish. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what I was used to. I didn't grow up eating a lot of fried chicken unless we got it, like, from churches or something. And I hated yeah. churches. Yeah. So we always grew up having fish fries, so that's why I'm, I'm big on, like, fish and seafood and stuff, because I didn't really grow up eating a lot of red meat or like chicken unless we were out just how that came together and and when i got serious about it i started watching a lot of food network if i didn't know how to make something i would google a recipe and then i would watch the youtube i would watch multiple youtube videos of it so i could understand what each and every person did and i can make my own decisions on what i liked and what worked for me and test it out in the kitchen Mm -hmm. uh, put your own flavor flair on it and Mm -hmm. then after college i was like i said i hated all these jobs so I just after the last time I, I got fired, I, I just said, "Forget it, man. I'm gonna I'm see. I'm gonna see how good I am at this for real." And I just started working in kitchens. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I had already been in college, so I wasn't trying to pay for culinary school. So I was like, "I'm just gonna go get real world experience." And so I went and worked at Shell headquarters in, in Houston. I worked in their catering uh, department, mm-hmm. and that's why I learned a lot. It was just this dude David. David Netter, he owns Crack Kitchen in uh, Houston. It's a food truck. He took me under his wing and taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Taught me about technique. He taught me about just different things, and, and it was just great, man. Yeah. So I learned a lot from that experience, and then after being there for about a year and a half, I felt a little more confident, and then that's when I was like, man, I think I just want to move to Dallas and see what I can make shape. And, and yeah, so it's just okay. a culmination of everything, real-world experience, family, trial and error. Like I tell everybody, it's nine times out of ten is trial and error. Mm-hmm. Taste, I've tested stuff multiple times before I've even sold it. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, and having the faith to, to put things out there. That's really all it is. There's so many people out here great at what they do, but they don't believe in themselves enough to pursue it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest detriment, especially in the uh, black community. We get so many negative comments, not just from the world, but from our own people, the people closest to us. And sometimes you got to ignore that because at the end of the day, if they knew what they were talking about, they'd be where you want to be. Exactly. Not. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you cannot just depend on the. You're going to have people who are in your life that will be sharing things with you that can be beneficial, that can be constructive criticism, but we do have to really pay attention to who we have in our circle and what they're saying that can be discouraging. And Definitely. Be around people who speak life into you. Exactly. Because nothing but negativity is going to lead to the negative. Mm-hmm. Two plus two aren't the only way to get to four. So important. Some of the questions that we go through are going to be things that as people are listening and may be inspired to do some of the things that you've done, we want to be able to share things that can uh, be beneficial to them, educational to them, and in case they want to follow in your footsteps and do some exciting things similar to what you're doing. So with the farmer's market, you said you applied and got accepted. Can you give me some insight on that process? What's required to be approved to be a vendor? I'll be honest. I can tell you what I did, but I'm going to be very honest. Mm -hmm. They they didn't change that after me and Ben's Vegan and Vegan Vibrations. Okay. um, 
pineapple vegan was out there. Um, there was a bunch of people after we came and we were like killing it and it was like getting crazy traction. They changed everything. They went up on the hmm. prices on everything. They made it 10 times harder to get let into the market. Um, wow. They started telling people, because I would, I would refer people and people hit me up, like, oh, what'd you do? What'd you do? And I'm like, oh, I just did this. And they're like, man, they told me I need to come with this setup. And they told me that I'm not unique enough and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? Mm. I'm like, but I think it's because after the group of people I just named about success, I think they saw like the amount of people we were bringing in and they wanted to be more selective because they wanted the market to be more of a niche type of okay. place. And so yeah. there was a lot of people stepping on other people's toes. Like I remember at one point there was like three or four people selling juice or fruit water and things of that nature. And so I'm, I know now that if they don't like you or if they don't, once you there or if they feel like your space is covering somebody else's space and you're not really grandfathered in, they're just going to tell you, they're not going to approve your application for the next year. Hmm. I remember my first at the market, I think it was $30 a day. <laughs> that was fall 20. That was August, 2018 is when I started. the okay. like, Yeah. And literally I went up there. I didn't even have all my stuff. I just wanted to see. I literally got a table from Aldi. It was like 20 bucks, <laughs> a little six foot folding table. I bought some warmers from webstaurant.com two of them, and I made shrimp and grits, and I made mac and cheese, and I made a red wine braised lamb, and I put it all, and the crazy thing is, the warmers kept tripping a breaker, the food wasn't even hot like that, and they were just like, man, we can tell the flavor, this tastes great, this tastes great, I didn't have no signage, nothing, and they were like, yeah, you're good, and then I, I got in the car, I loaded up, and went home, I think 20 minutes later, I had an approval email, and then I started that next weekend, mm. and so that's how easy it was for me, Yeah, and, and then, but I noticed a year later, people were like, oh, man, what I need to do to get in? I'm like, oh, it's easy. It's nothing. And they're telling me this. They're telling me that. They're telling me the market exit may have this. The market exit may have a full setup. And I'm like, that's crazy because if I don't get in, I just spent hundreds of dollars on, right. a, on a branded tent or on tablecloths, on tables, on this. I was like, no, nah, man. So they changed up pretty quick. And it's not to be saying anything negative towards them. I think they had to because from the influx of applications that they were giving Mm-hmm. And so I understand it from a, a selective standpoint. It just sucks. I guess I guess the early the earlier the better in some situations, mm-hmm. but it's very beneficial from my design. But as far as my special place in my heart, because I wouldn't be here without that build up and that uh, yeah, it's part of your I, beginnings. I, mm-hmm. I even have people who come now. It's man, I haven't I've been looking for you since the farmers market. I've been looking. For, it's just love. <laughs> I always feel appreciative when I hear that because I'm like, man, that's real. That was so long ago. And yeah. You still be checking for me, so I just be thankful. Humble um, beginnings. Yeah, and what's cool about say, that, you said that it's like the flavor spoke for itself. <laughs> it wasn't even the hottest, yeah. but they could tell. Right. Like, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> it's it's uh, super dope, super thankful. But I would say, as far as advice for anyone, man, just put your best foot forward. Have a dope concept. Have some good ideas. Have some off-the-wall stuff. And if the farmer's market doesn't work for you, that's not the end of the all. There's so many other things you can do, especially if you're a food truck and you're mobile. There's all these bars, wineries who don't sell food, who need they don't want people to leave. They want them to keep buying drinks. Mm-hmm. So reach out to those breweries. Reach out to those wineries. Hey, can I pay a blah, blah, blah fee every weekend and park here and sell mm-hmm. food while you facilitate the customers? Or those arcades. All those these all these arcades have been popping up in Dallas the last few years. They do not sell food. They yeah. let people bring in outside food. Talk with the owner. Talk with the, the manager. Hey, can I park here on these days and sell this here, sell that here? Or can I connect? It's even, I don't know if most people are familiar Downtown area parliament is a bar that doesn't have a kitchen, but they work with Staten Allen. So when you order food from parliament, they walk it down the street from Staten Allen. So it's just about okay. creativity and, and putting yourself in a position to win and also being strategic 
if you know that you sell soul food, you probably shouldn't go to an uppity area because right. they don't care for it. <laughs> but, but if you sell barbecue or burgers or fries, then that uppity area probably will work for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's not to mm-hmm. say that the other areas will only care for soul food. It's just that's just realistically not your target market. So right. you, have right. to, you make it make sense. Now, I will say that goes out the window in a Plano or a Frisco because there are people out there who do appreciate soul food. From, so from there, it's, it's really more so in your marketing and your, in the way that you're reaching the clientele that you need to reach. So, yeah, know what uh, the people it's want. Just, it's, exactly. And know what you have to offer and also mm-hmm. be realistic. Are you putting love into your food? Or is all this stuff from their freezer section, you're just rebooting it. That's mm-hmm. what you're doing. But be realistic, one, with your prices, and two, what you got to offer and play the game. You might be yep. better off scoping out literally, literally guns and pulling up in the parking lot there because those parents be hungry watching their kids out in the right. sun on them. You know, you got <laughs> to play the game. Definitely. And that's so true what you said about the other areas, the McKinney's and the Frisco's, the Plano's. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's something that did not exist in the 80s and as we were growing up this these areas within that part of the metroplex that celebrated soul food and offered something to the black culture in that area you you had if you live in that area or if you're traveling to the area and you wanted something that had some soulful uh, flair or flavor to it you had to drive south so it's so beautiful to see that um, first of all there's black dollars there in that area Mm -hmm. so they are asking for more of our types of food and culture and events and music and things like that but then truth be told there are people who are not part of our culture who they know the food is good (laughs) they know our food is good (laughs) yeah and and those people and those people who aren't in the culture do appreciate our food too Mm -hmm. but again like i said when you're in those other areas where it's not just black people and everything because one thing that i always banked on was word of mouth. I really leaned on my customers and the food experience that I was given through the tasting and texture of everything, the food that I was serving to, to grow and manifest into what I have today. And so if you're putting your best foot forward and you're giving real good food, then that's good. And if you're starting out and you're not sure, I guarantee you, your friends and family are the people you need to be texting that stuff. You need to yep. put yourself out there and get some real world feedback because some people tell it like it is and some people just tell you what you want to hear. And, and yeah. that's detrimental. You need somebody to tell you what the, what the real is. So don't be afraid to do a pop-up. There's so many places to do pop-ups. And again, the same thing with the food trucks. There are places that don't have kitchens who allow you to set up a little table or booth and do your thing. There's pop-up mm-hmm. BFW. I did a lot of my pop-ups at Deep Ellen. He doesn't mind those types of things. Um, so yeah. you just got to get in where you fit in and, and just grind for it. Everything takes risk because if it was easy, everybody would do it. So yeah. just got to push forward. Such good advice. Such good advice. Tell us more about your restaurant, what you have to offer. Just do a, a little two-minute commercial. So someone who's never been to your social media, know nothing okay. about your soul food wrap. I know you said it's not the official name, but just give us a couple <laughs> minutes and tell us about what you do and what you offer. Of course. Obviously, it's called Bunch of Hollicks. Uh, tagline is where addiction is occurred because the food will have you addicted. And we, I would say that we specialize in what I like to call brunch fusion because it's brunch is definitely breakfast and lunch, but it's so much more than that. So we do a Cajun Creole type of thing. We've got our fish and goods, our shrimp and goods. We have our soul food burrito. We have very good chicken oil waffles. We sell buffalo chicken mac. We're about to bring our brisket mac back pretty soon. And just mm. wait, we get a smoker at the new location. And then from there, we used to have a lot of 
specials, which I was referring to, like uh, Sam Black and Sam and BLT. People love that export every week. It's coming back soon, y'all. I promise. Mm-hmm. Our crawfish grilled cheese with tomato basil soup. Now, that one, I mean, it just depends on the weather because I don't really see the point in selling soup and it's hot outside. It's yeah. Because people <laughs> ask me if I serve good gumbo, but the gumbo won't be back until it's cold outside. So I know it's cold this week, but it's also a high of 70 on Thursday. So it is what it is. But, yes. Um, that, that's what I have to offer. I like off the wall combinations. I like real food that matches and balances each other. And so that's why I did my pickup and to go space in DeSoto because I looked at my sales from the restaurant and was like, okay, these are the top four items the burrito. The shrimp and grits, fish and grits, and the chicken and waffles. And so this is what we're going to rock with. And then the mac and cheeses, the buffalo mac and the brisket mac, is for anyone out there who's looking to run a food business. When you add new things, make sure it makes sense with your bottom line and what you already have. If we're already selling mac and cheese in the burritos, then what's well, then me adding a buffalo mac and we already sell chicken from the chicken and waffles isn't actually an added expense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just mm-hmm. it's, it's already a part of what we have to offer. So yeah. I'm not spending more on food costs. Now, as it gets more popular, do I have to buy more chicken? Yes, but I'm probably buying more chicken, too, because chicken and waffles are going in popularity, too. So make sure yeah. it makes sense for your bottom line. And then pretty soon we'll have our grabbing dope cooler together. Right now we've been doing the sodas. We started selling our brown sugar lemonade last week. That's house made. I got mm-hmm. some teas locally made out of Arlington from a mother and daughter business. They're great teas. And so we're going to start selling take-and-bake family-style mac and cheese so they can take it throw it in the oven for the firm, take-and-bake pastas. Like I said, when the weather changes, we'll have soups for the grab-and-go that they can take home and warm up and so. So that's what I'm just doing with that, just a place to come get some good food, get some things to take home with you, some trinkets and whatnot, and mm-hmm. enjoy. And then later this year or next year, we'll have another dine-in, and it won't be Brunchaholics. It will be a, a completely new concept, but when we have brunch on the weekends, that will be brunch highlights brunch. So all those old favorites that y'all loved or that I, I put on randomly, that, that would be the full menu of those things. And it'll be lunch and dinner during the week. You know what I mean? I'm going for our version of like a Nick and Sam's almost, mm-hmm. or like an Ellie's, but okay. our version. Yes. So like combining those two, something nice, a nice place to put a little something on. You ain't got to be stressed to death, but you can't come in there in no sweats either. You know what I mean? It's going to be... It's going, to, it's going to be something like that where we're having good food for lunch, good food for dinner. People can have corporate meetings. You know what I'm saying? People can have their birthday dinners, mm-hmm. their weekend brunch into dinner, things of that nature. And so that's coming pretty soon. I'm working with Scotty Smith on that. I don't know if you're familiar with him or anybody else listening. I'm not. Do. He's also from Houston. So we're, doing, we're working on some big things. And Very there, exciting. I, yeah. From there, it's just um, working on getting a bunch of Hollywood champagne, a bunch of Hollywood bubbly. I'm hoping that can come out this year before the summer. Um, working on, and then I have a lot of ghost kitchen ideas that I'm looking at franchise or just do strictly on Uber Eats and DoorDash and things of that nature. The way I look at me and my business is it's the same way that people look at, it's like when you're driving, you, you're from Texas, so you drove to yes. Houston, and you've seen, you've seen the Pizza Hut and, and KFC combos yes. or the Taco Bell and whatever, and that's owned by Young Brands. So why can't me, as a black man, make my own version of Young Brands with my Absolutely. own conglomerate of restaurants and different things? And so that's what I'm striving towards. It's just another level. More than a mom-and-pop shop, I want to be the one, you know? Yeah, kudos to you just for even having the vision to, to think that those things can be done. Knowing that you're successful, what you already have going on, because you could just say, I'm just going to stick with this. But that's beautiful to hear that you have such vision about what can be provided. And I know that will inspire others to, uh, once that does come to fruition, and, and we see that oh, this is a Black man that created this, and we are supporting him in what he's doing, but we it's also inspiring other young people 
for what they can do as well and just continue to cast that vision and thank you yeah and to step out on faith so you the dining location that you mentioned the new one do you have a part of town or uh, area that yeah that will be in? yeah it'll be like fair park area off of mlk it'll be mm-hmm. over there by the forest theater okay uh, so we're just working through all the this is a bunch of lot of red tape we got permit and mm-hmm. building time and costs and all of that stuff so that's why i said it'll be later this year and maybe next year we'll see so. okay yeah because that area <laughs> is up and coming as well with the new things they're doing with the forest theater yeah, the gentrification yeah. is definitely coming. So yeah. I highly suggest anyone that gets their stuff together in that area. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So you mentioned some things that you do to support other businesses, partner with other businesses that who are pop-ups or who have standalone shops and things like that. Can you tell us more about why that's important to you and you know how you work with other businesses to support what they do? Definitely, man. I, I just think it's, I, I love the movie Germany, but I always say this is one band, one sound. We can get so much further working together and putting apart. So I try to use as many local owned ingredients, things I can. Like my greens, I use Bells on Farms and Midlothian. The mm-hmm. smoked sausage that we use in the Chef and Grits is from Felipe's Greenfields. Please, please forgive me if it's wrong. But it's literally walking distance from my, my restaurant, and I go pick them two cases every week. It's also a black owned business. Both of those are. Our teas, that's a black owned mom, like I said, mom and daughter business from Arlington that we get those from. Yes. So for me, it's just all about supporting other people I see. And a lot of times, especially us as black people, we try to do everything on our own. We're just not realistic. Now, obviously, finances play into that too. So you don't have the money to pay everything. And it took me a yeah. long time to be able to. But mm-hmm. there's other ways to go about it. And for me, not only is it support, but it's also putting people on stuff that I feel is amazing, that I feel should, should get more notoriety. And, and so for me, in my position, if I'm able to help someone get more eyes on them and more vision and, and more things to, to, to increase what they have and I know it's great, then by all means, let me help. And because we're helping each other, you're giving me exactly. notoriety by saying, oh, my God, you've been a bunch of hollies. This tea was great. we got to yes. go a bunch of hollies to get that tea. So, yeah, like it's a, it goes twofold. Everything is a give and take. So mm-hmm. I don't mind. And if there's more businesses that I could partner with to, to have more items than I will, but then sometimes, too, it just doesn't make sense either, like with the lemonades. I know there's a lot of people who do juices and lemonades and things of that nature, but for me, it just might not make as much sense to buy that much inventory of that and, and have it in, in the system. Or it might not even fit, fit what my plan is or my vision is for this certain location, but it might fit for another one. Mm-hmm. So I just try to incorporate as many great things as I can that, 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 that help my business and helps theirs grow. Because there's yeah. a lot of dope people out here doing their thing. Yeah. And they just, just sometimes you got to be put in front of the right person. Mm-hmm. I'm just very thankful for, for yeah. the ones I've partnered with and, and yeah. in the future. One band, one sound. Okay, I love that supportive mindset. You must have, you've been raised well. You've been raised well. <laughs> yeah, <a little> bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a, a young man who came to Dallas, food critic Keith Lee, mm-hmm. and yeah. did some promotion, visiting different restaurants, not just black owned, but he definitely visited some of the black owned food vendors, restaurants in the area. So Tell us about what that experience was like and how it affected your business or your exposure. Oh, man. It was a super cool experience because I saw, I was aware of who he was and everything, and uh, I saw he was coming to Dallas. I ran like a little campaign like, hey, you tag Keith Lee and one other person, I'll, I'll do a drawing. 
three mm-hmm. three people can get free food and they tagged away and it was pretty funny because i guess he had tried to come i don't even know who tried to come i think that's just how he said it in a video but I'm, yeah. I'm sure he uses google he was saying that all these places were closed and he was like it's monday tuesday so it was funny when he actually did come I mean, he was like, man, I really respect you uh, holding on and not just randomly being open just because I said something. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, man. I said, at the end of the day, I have a business to run. And I said, I have to sleep. I have to rest. You know what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm closed Monday and Tuesday. Yep. And he was like, well, I really respect that. He was a super cool dude, really down to earth. And had a real dope conversation. We chopped it up to pictures. Mm-hmm. When he came, there was, like, some camera crew. He said it was, I think it was, his, somebody said it was for BET or something. I really don't know. Okay. But it was real cool, man. They were, like, interviewing me a little bit. So, that was good. But uh, overall, the experience was cool. So it was funny when he walked in. I was like, oh, this is happening. So I'm like, hey, how can I help you out? And he was like, oh, we already ate. But, uh, and I was like, oh, well, how'd you like it? And he was like, yeah, man, that was good. That was good. You got something here. I don't, I don't know why the door's not out the line every day. Mm-hmm. I was trying to tell him about my journey and how everything with the last restaurant. And then I was closed for about a year and a half and, and working my way back. And he was like, mm-hmm. man, he said, you got something here. And like, his whole family came in. Like, it was super dope, man. You could feel yeah. the love. Like, very genuine person, very genuine family, very dope vibe. So I'm, I'm happy for his success and what's happening with him and, and what he's doing because this, he's a very positive person, really cool mm-hmm. dude. Even somebody you met for 10, 15 minutes, and you just get the vibes from him. Yeah. Um, super, super cool. And then since that happened, man, oh, my God, I remember the day, I remember that happened on like a Wednesday, right? And so mm-hmm. he like gave me like free money to give away food. So like Thursday, everybody who came that day was free. Literally. Everyone who okay. came the next day was free. Because wow. it was like fifteen hundred dollars to give away for free. You know what I mean? So like that mm-hmm. Thursday and a little bit of Friday was the first hour of Friday. All those people got their food for free. They were caught off guard, but <laughs> I didn't wanna I didn't wanna post it and I didn't wanna say, Oh yeah, Keith Lee gave us money to give out free food because then people get greedy yep. and get ignorance and stuff yep. like that. So I didn't wanna That's I didn't smart. wanna do that. Yeah, so I just, when people come to pay, we'd be like, no, someone's going to take care of your order today. And then yeah. someone goes, like, oh, did Keith Lee come? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, it was funny, but I just don't want to broadcast because people get greedy. It just is what it yeah. is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then after that, a few days passed, and then I remember I was asleep. I'd be tired. <laughs> so I was asleep, and I woke up, and I'm like, all these messages and calls, and they're like, you posted it, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I gotta, go buy, I gotta go buy more food now <laughs> so i like woke up and then it's of course on sunday the restaurant supplies all open an hour later so i'm like mm. Damn. so i go i buy a bunch of fish it was not enough fish i think we went through 150 170 pounds of fish in like a couple hours like you know what i mean um, scrambling it was crazy i was like never again i hadn't got beat down like that in, in a minute just from a working as far as like work goes and we mm-hmm. had those days they were like man they killing us today man that's non-stop boom boom i hadn't had that in a while because i had been closed for so long i but it's no complaints it's all i'm all, always thankful i'm mm-hmm. very thankful beyond thankful the keepley effect is real for sure so it's, it's, um, so it's know, real it's real so i ordered some more equipment hired some better workers no offense to anybody who ain't there but mm-hmm. it is what it is and we got our systems in place and like when that wednesday came because we're closed monday and tuesday when that wednesday came we didn't get Still is bad as Sunday because the system in place, but people were still having to wait a little longer than I wanted them to. And by mm. Thursday and Friday, we had it together. And we were okay. Good. So since then, we've been rocking and rolling. You know what I'm saying, wow. um, and I, I'm thankful for all those people. Because I remember on Sunday, man, I, I started giving people refunds for their weight. And it was like a group of people at the end who were like, man, we understand and we're happy for you. And we're mm-hmm. proud of you. But we don't want no refund. We understand what it is. We just mm-hmm. got to be a part of it. And that's that mm-hmm. type of stuff, man. You can't put a price on that. Yeah, like it's, it's just amazing. You know, that has and, to mean uh, a lot. Yeah, 
you know, that meant a lot. And I just looking up people in the eyes and seeing that they really believe in you and stand for what you're doing. Like, it's great. It's mm. just been it's just been an amazing feeling since we've been booming every day since. Mm. And every day I just strive to make it better so for them because they're coming to spend their time and their money, their gas to come see me and come to this right. and have an experience. And yeah. for all those people who didn't get the experience they wanted, I do apologize. And I hope you come back so I can make it right for you. And for yeah. all those people who continue to rock with me, I want to say thank you, too. Because without you, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I'm just thankful. Thankful to keep going. Thankful to every single person who's come through those doors since the farmer's market. It's just all love out of my heart. Yeah, yeah. And that's a very mature way to, to look at that. Do you mind if I ask, how old are you? I'm 30. I just turned 35. Like a few, just 35. Yeah, and just doing... Such amazing things. So since then, do, do you feel, because I know you mentioned that your the restaurant was closed for a year and mm-hmm. you didn't give up, you kept going. And, and now after this Keith Lee effect, do you feel like it gave you a little bit more motivation or hope or what kind of changed to, in your mindset from having this shift in this momentum and exposure for your man, business? Man, like, that time I was closed, man, I'll be honest, I am, I'm not going to sit down down for anybody's mental health issues, but mm-hmm. hey, man, depression is real. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going through it, man. I wanted to give up so many times and all this. I mean, I could just go get a regular job, and I could do this and start a family. When I was just like, no, nah, I have to keep pushing. I have to keep pushing. Because one thing I always say, and I tell people always who are on the fence about trying something, you already living, you already living what you know. So you trying something new, you have nothing to lose because you're already living what happens if it doesn't work. So mm-hmm. why not try? And that's why I just kept telling myself and kept pushing forward on because I know that I've had this before. I've reached this, this step before. I know I can get it back. I know that I can keep pushing forward. And mm-hmm. it's just like a blessing to, to have opened right around Christmas time and then a month later, the biggest food reviewer and the nation comes through and shows you love. I'm just thankful, man. Like, it's, it was just crazy. But for, for me, it was just remembering what I wanted out of it and telling myself, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. Yeah. I'm going to continue to fight for my dreams and push forward. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I already know what happens if I don't. I lived that life when I was working at State Farm. I know what that life is. Wake up, go to work. Be upset, hate it, get screwed over on your yearly review and bonus. But mm. now I can live for myself and, and bear the fruits of my labor from what I put into it and really believe it. And every day I can wake up, look in the mirror with pride in my heart. I built this, I built this from nothing, something I made up in my head. Mm-hmm. And did I built it by myself? Definitely not. I have amazing workers, amazing people who've been riding with me for years. Uh, my boy Don, who runs Cabo Dabo, he's been another black owned business who, mm-hmm. who, who does all my desserts. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And my white hair man, Savoy. He does his own thing called Food Hive, but man, like, uh, he, he's probably the most loyal person I've ever met in my life. Always riding with me. He's never funny on me, even through my ups and downs. He's a local, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? He's just a great dude. And, and for everyone else, well, for all my friends who supported me, yeah. everything, man, my, my parents and my brother and my sister, who was come to work for free and help me, giving me money to help me pay for things. Like, mm-hmm. it's just all a community. So anybody pretending they did it by itself is wrong. Is it my mind that came up with it? Definitely. But I'm only one person in one body. So, yeah. you know, it's just love. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you've been able to recognize that this is not something that you've done on your own. And being able to to look and to see that list of people, your tribe, your community of supporters who have just to help hold you down. And even during that difficult time, emotionally and just deciding, what am I going to do? <laughs> am I going to give up? Or am I going to keep pushing? And that's so important for us to recognize that community around us that are helping us and 
part of our success. And I know that time was not wasted because God allows us to experience different things and different trials and they come to make us stronger and to make us more resilient and even to appreciate more the success. Mm -hmm. I have a son who, well, both of my boys were in track and, you know, one of them had an injury during cross country season. And the, the season before that, he was just rocking and rolling and just breaking records and <laughs> PR after PR. But after he was injured and then had to come back from that, he appreciated that gift that God has given him even more. It made him work even harder and even be more proud of his accomplishments after going through that. And so I know that time was not wasted, you know, what you went through and it's all part of your journey and stepping stones toward your success. It's just being part of this community. I am super proud of you. Haven't met you in person yet. Super proud of you and really excited about what's in store for your future. And when you were describing your food, so I usually intermittent fast, okay? At, at, the, at this time that we're recording, it's 2.07. I usually don't eat my first meal till about 2 or 3 o'clock. You had me struggling talking about <laughs> describing your foods and what's on your menu. So I cannot wait to get over there and take part in all the things that you have to offer, get a taste. I want everything. What's the, so is it the soulful burrito is the one that you have the picture where you're holding it and we can see all of the, yes, all what's, okay. That's the soulful burrito. So, what's in that? What's in the soulful burrito? Uh, the soulful burrito is fried catfish, milk and cheese, and greens inside a jalapeno cheddar wrap with hot sauce on the side. Mm-hmm. And then that's the original. After a while, people were telling me, I don't eat seafood, I don't eat fish. So, mm-hmm. I started doing the chicken. So, chicken. you can get it with okay. chicken or catfish. And yes, we serve real catfish, no swag. None mm-hmm. of that. It's all real catfish. I buy it every day <laughs> in multiple yeah. places and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, definitely our most popular, our number one seller, mm-hmm. for sure, hands down. Okay, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I'll be over there. You got my mouth watering. <laughs> Tell everyone how we can get in touch with you, how we can find you, what's your location, social media handles, and those things. Definitely, definitely. Obviously, it's called Brunch of Hollis. You can find us on Instagram, at brunchaholics underscore. If you're confused, think of alcoholics and replace the alcohol with brunch. Mm-hmm. And then there's brunchaholics.com. You can send your catering request in from there. You can also order online for the days that we're open from there. We are not dining. I know we get a lot of calls for that. I'm sorry. Like I said, we have something new coming soon. But yeah. for this one, it's just pick up a to-go only. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely order online. And, yeah, good to go. Um, in addition to that, Obviously, you can look us up on Facebook. Love good reviews, five stars. <laughs> so important. I'm really big on user-generated content. So if you do come get the food, if you post about it on your story or something, I will repost it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another one thing that a lot of other food places sleep on is user-generated content because not yeah. only is it word of mouth, it's also instant validation from somebody who's not affiliated to you. So True. always yeah. keep that yeah. in mind. If you have business and people post you, definitely repost their stuff because they're doing free marketing for you. I appreciate you giving your time and sharing with us more about you, even though your level of comfort is in the kitchen and coming up with all these great ideas and and visions. But we appreciate your giving us your time and allowing me to ask you these questions and get into your history, because I think it's important for us to 
support black businesses, but also in addition to that, understand the work that it took to to even decide to step out on faith to start a business, to continue the business in the face of adversity. It's important for us to understand what inspired someone. So I like to know those things about your family and your cousins and what it was that that you were around. You talked about the fish fries and the family events and things like that. And so that even draws us in to support you even more. And so I appreciate you allowing us that insight just into your life. And it, it makes, like I said before, it makes us proud that you're part of our community, came from Houston and, and brought all this goodness over here to Dallas. <laughs> so we just appreciate you. And I look forward to our listeners hearing your story and coming to patronize your business and all the great things to come. So Jesse, thank you again for your time. And oh, no I will, I will see you soon. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Pull up. Don't be a stranger. I'll probably be in the back or something. But when you do come, just definitely let me know so we can come say hi, get a picture. It's all, like I said, it's all love. And thank you for reaching out to me to, to be on your, your podcast. It was great. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. It's been a very long time since I've been one of these. Uh-huh. Uh, just want to say thank you. And, and this is great. I hope I will nothing but success for you. And uh, when you post everything, let me know so I can promote it for you. Definitely, definitely. Thanks so much, Jesse. You enjoy the rest of your day, your time off <laughs> before everything gets back rolling tomorrow. Will do, will do. You have a blessed one. Okay, you too. Well, that brings today's show to a close. We do encourage you to visit our website where you will find information and links to wonderful products and services offered by guests of our show, as well as information on other Dallas-Fort Worth Black-owned businesses. You can find us at EssentialPodcastNetwork.com or at Dallas-Fort Worth Black-owned.com. We also invite you to support our podcast by following and rating us on your favorite podcast platform. That helps us gain additional exposure so we can share the greatness of what these Black businesses have to offer with an even wider audience. Another way you can support the podcast is by purchasing merch from our website. We have items promoting the support of Black businesses and Black History merch as well. Well, we hope you will stay tuned for more inspiring stories from the diverse world of Black-owned businesses in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Until next time, make it a great one.